1: Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. This is, of course, Mike Abadir. Today's Thursday, January 26, 2023. We are at the eve of the championship weekend in the National Football League where we got two really, really good matchups, really between the top two teams in each conference. And obviously they are because they're in the AFC and NFC championship games. But I mean that in terms of literally they got the best two in each conference playing against each other. doesn't always end up that way. You know, there are times where you're like, you know, they didn't get the best team or they weren't the best team. They just got hot. We can't say that. I, I think they got it right. Best two teams are going to compete for a spot in the Super Bowl. A lot of excitement in the cities of uh, Philadelphia, the Bay Area, of course. That's a, a real big matchup. And then, the usual suspects, Kansas City and uh, the new kid on the block, Cincinnati, who proved themselves last year. So we got a lot to talk about, as well as Australian Open, some baseball news, some basketball, head coaching news in NFL. So many places where we could start. But to me, there's only one place to start. And that's with my man, Pop DiBiase. Pop, why do you set the table? Where do you want to start today, brother?
2: Um, you know, Mike, you know I don't like Mike, I keep it real. We can jump into um, you know what the people want to hear. They want to talk about the NFL, you know that stuff. Let's do it. All right. So um my thoughts on last weekend, and let's start with the first game that we had over the weekend. Um I thought that the game between the Jaguars and Kansas City kind of gave us a look into the future, somewhat, with um, Lawrence and Mahomes having this yearly matchup. Possibly, you know, what I mean, because um, if everything works out the way it's supposed to work out, if you know, all the psychic um, predictors who feel that Patrick Mahomes will never lose the AFC West uh, title ever again, which is, which is, 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 is great uh you know is a uh, great theater but we know that's not true but you know Lawrence might have a good opportunity of winning the south light each and every year for a while because that's not a great division but my point is this they they showed us exactly what we've been seeing for the la- for I'm almost 39 I'll be 39 in April but for the last I don't know 35 years or so we've always seen this Young ascending quarterback that's going against the established quarterback, and they become somewhat of attached at the hip. And I felt like that game gave us that 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 ide- ideology there. And I just really feel like if the Jaguars weren't as inexperienced, they would have possibly beat the Chiefs in that game as well too.
1: Well, the Chiefs definitely weren't at their best. I don't know if they were kind of looking ahead a little bit or what, you know, I, I think the tough thing to figure out pop is sometimes I kind of wonder, you know, like when the jockey has the race in hand and, you know, pretty much just bears down and, and kind of slowly starts easing up the horse because they've got it. You got to wonder if Kansas city does that sometimes, maybe to save something for the next game, which is going to be more challenging. I'm not saying that they do do that or they don't do that. The game shouldn't have been as close as it was. Although I never really felt that Kansas city was a serious jeopardy of losing the game. Uh, I felt that they had control of it. And that's kind of why I say maybe they eased up a little bit. You don't want to show your entire hand when you're playing poker. And I think that going into Cincinnati, uh, the Cincinnati matchup at home for the Chiefs, I think a lot of people are overlooking Kansas City. But I'll save that for prediction time. That's kind of my quick take on the game. Obviously, Mahomes' is ankle, he's going to play. We'll see if he can be close to 100% or not. Still think 80% of Mahomes is better than 90% of the NFL. Uh, so, you know, you know me, man. I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs guy. I'm a big... Patrick Mahomes guy, I think he's worthy of all the accolades. Uh I am not on the hater side of the equation, Bob.
2: Well, you know what? I might have to I might I might have to make a phone call to see if he can still be a part of Raider Nation with talking like that, Mike. You know you're not supposed to be no big Chiefs fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're not even Hey, hey don't make me like don't don't, don't me like that. I'm not a Chiefs fan per se but i respect what they do and i i do like uh, patrick mom's mike he's I'm... a little bit corny he's a little bit corny or er, is oh, he,
2: oh he's oh he's bit corny but what's going um i got mike you know i gotta mess with you you know i know i know where your heart's at brother i know where your heart's at
1: so let's move on to the second game of of the weekend uh I'm trying to think of the order now. That was the Giants and, yeah. and the Eagles.
2: Eagles, you know, we don't have to talk much about this one. Eagles were absolutely amazing. The Giants were absolutely pathetic. It's that simple, Mike. Uh, just the Giants were a team that you just knew had no business being there. They really lucked into the situation. They even lucked into the playoffs, in my opinion, with a bad NFC this year because with the Giants getting whooped the way that they got whooped, it showed us how bad the NFC truly was, and it showed us that the um, the Vikings took advantage of circumstance. Um, they took advantage of a slow start by the Packers and a slow start by the Lions and a non-existent start by the, the Bears. So then what happens is, is that you know, you luck into winning eight out of your first nine games of the season, and because your schedule kind of called for it, but you still were, you still had to fight in every single one of those games. To, and a team won eleven games by one by one score or less. I mean, by one score. So there, it was never a good situation for the Vikings moving forward in the playoffs. They just, they just got there. So literally, the. Eagles showed us that this is a very formful conference this year. They had three really good teams and two of those teams played on Sunday. We'll talk about that in a moment, but all in all the Eagles were absolutely amazing and that's all I can say, but they did pick on a team that they had already beat up on all season with another big win over them to give them a 3-0 sweep and that's the worst uh, differential the Giants have had in a season series with one of their teams since it goes all the way back to when they used to play um, a team that isn't even can, isn't even an NFL franchise
1: anymore. So that's how far it goes back. Well said, Ben. That was an absolute blowout. So was the other team from New York, from Western New York, Buffalo Bills. They also didn't show up at their peak fitness. Uh, I think maybe there was an emotional letdown. Maybe their bubble burst a little bit. But ultimately, they they kind of exposed what I felt all along was that it's too Josh Allen-oriented, that offense. They really don't have a real running game, let's be honest. I don't consider a quarterback that scrambles a part of the rushing game. So when when I see stats that says this is the number one rushing offense or whatever, I want to see that the running backs are carrying that load not the quarterback. If the quarterbacks are gaining most of those yards, I don't view that as a part of the rushing game. I don't consider that to be ball control because a lot of that's out of your control. I want to see offensive linemen opening lanes for running backs and designed running plays, old school style, where you're controlling the clock, beating up your opponents. The Bills never had that all year. That's why I didn't take the Bills seriously for most of the year. Now, back to the Philly thing for a second. If You guys all remember, you could listen to the tape. Philly minus eight was my lock of last week. Uh, My second lock was Cincinnati. Cincinnati is rolling right now. And that's what makes this matchup so intriguing against the Chiefs. But we'll hold off on that for a moment as we transition to the 49ers. Oh, I'm sorry. What do you have to add to the Buffalo and uh, Cincinnati matchup? Well, I'm going to just keep it real with you. I'm so disappointed in the Bills because they
2: were my uh, Super Bowl pick and everything like that. And you know what I felt like I was looking at? I was just looking at Cam Newton's Carolina Panthers, dude. Seriously. Like, it's almost the same exact movie in a sense. It felt like it. But it's funny because I'm not going to use, I'm not going to say anything about, I'm not going to talk about the elephant in the room. But one thing I've noticed about, the way that they report on quarterbacks let's just use Lamar Jackson for instance that's never gonna work that's never gonna be this that's never gonna be that and then he goes out and does it and they win the game but they still say that they shouldn't pay this man right Josh Allen goes out and does it and they say oh you gotta give this dude 300 million dollars because he can run and pass Lamar can run and pass too and I just say okay so what, what what makes Josh Allen different from what Lamar is doing? You know what I mean? And we kind of get – and then you just kind of tell yourself, oh, I understand why. You know what I mean? So, and same thing goes for a guy like Dak. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, guys are mobile. They can move. They're doing everything that they're supposed to do, but they're still – not good to you, even though they've broken records. And then you see Josh Allen and it's almost like, oh my God, I can't believe there's a quarterback like this. And Josh Allen has been a quarterback with flaws the whole time he's been in the league. We know this. And I know that he's not the guy that you really need to depend on to to be your guy. I agree with you. They need a a, a solidified running back. They need a guy who's going to run the ball. I do understand that they do have some of those plays do work very well for Josh Allen, but still, it's just a, a thing that I feel will keep him upright. You want to make this guy like your Ben Roethlisberger. You don't want to have him breaking himself like Jack Locker. So I truly do feel that when it comes down to the the game, like you just said, Mike, and I felt this before we even started the game, I felt bad because I said, everything said Bengals are going to win this game and they're going to win this game easily too, simply because they had to wait on beating up on the Bills in the first place. You say it's an emotional thing, but I say that they were doing way too much with a guy that wasn't playing. I understand that's your teammate, that's your guy, and blah, 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 but. How significant is he for your team in in the long run? You know what I mean. Wasn't he a backup safety at the same time too? I'm not, and it's really messed up what happened to him because it's really is a slippery slope talking about the situation. I know this, Mike, but let's. But I'm just. I just want to keep it real. You know what I mean? When guys are all in the locker room and they're they're up there and now, they've got your mentality away from the game. That's on That's on their coach. Their coach should have been better. If he was like a Belichick or something like that, oh, bro, I, we love you and everything like that, but we suggest you just stay at home, okay, because we really want to make sure that we have our full focus on everything, and we don't want to go out here and play what I'm going to start calling now Disney ball, where we're playing to for, for your honor and trying to win for your honor because that's how teams lose. You know what I mean? And I just want to give the reality of the situation. I know everybody wants to dim and die and be PC and be right on about stuff, but let's just keep it real in reality form on what happened in that football game. Cause I know they wanted to win that football game at the end of the day. And I know they want to advance and get to this championship weekend. They didn't want to go home, but if you're so into what's going on on the side, then you're not going to be in this game. And Joe Burrow just is, Excellent. He's immaculate. And it's just that simple. Joe Burrow is everything with Tom Brady would have been if the scouts got it right. And we'll get more into it when we talk more about the uh Chiefs and the uh Bengals. I don't want to take take up too much time because we're gonna still talk about Burrow.
1: Let's take a really quick commercial timeout, pop, and then we will come back. Let's talk about the big Dallas letdown in the San Francisco Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys matchup. A game that I thought was going to be uh, competitive, but the steam was let out after one specific loss during the game. We'll get to that and more right after this.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. America TRN. stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts VoiceAmerica.com. this is the mike abadier show if you want to call in today we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to mike at themikeabadeershow.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: As we left off, we were just talking about the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. I was making the comment that there was a big letdown. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the way I see it. I think the steam was let out after a key key injury uh let's face it pop zeke isn't who he was a few years ago he's not a player that can carry the load what do you think of this ball game before and after the key injury i just i think what happened in this game was that
2: everything that happened in this game was going to happen if Dallas made mistakes? You know what I mean. And I know it feels like the air went out of the game, but Dallas was more than competitive throughout that whole game. But I get what you're saying, though, Mike, because they had something there. They had a guy who was who who would be able to really throw a monkey wrench in what San Francisco was doing. They kind of were throwing the same element at San Francisco that they were throwing uh, the the same element San Francisco was throwing at them with McCaffrey. They were throwing it they were throwing in their own guy in Pollard. And I understand that kind of just threw the Cowboys off because that safety valve was very needed for Dak to have a great game, and he was gone. And Dak, I feel like, was just making the same mistakes a rookie quarterback would make. And I think that, you know, you can't get too mad at him because I felt like the play calling was a little bad as well too. But I'm with you though. Zeke, once he got paid – he kind of didn't care anymore. And then once they got Pollard, it made things, it made Zeke work a little bit more. And Zeke, I don't know if he was too worried about doing the work because when you want to of his guys, you know, when you want to of his guys, you, you can do whatever you want. And literally, he's not probably going to get rid of you. You know what I mean? He'll probably just make more excuses for you, make more excuses for you until, you know, he ain't got no more excuses for you. And so I truly feel like, the Cowboys lost that lost that game more than the 49ers won that game. And I just think that Zeke Elliott is a guy that really should consider retiring. It's like, really, he already achieved what he wanted to achieve in the NFL, be the top running back. And he won a national championship at one of the most heralded universities in America, Ohio State. So there's really no point of moving forward. He made... Life-changing money as well too. He got the highest uh guaranteed money a running back had, has ever gotten, you know. And I feel like Zeke is about twenty years too late, you know. If Zeke was a two thousands guy, early two thousands guy, Mike, like a Terrell Davis type or Jer- Jerome Jerome type, man, it, he he could he could really thrive in today in in that NFL. But in today's NFL where they're so balanced and they're so flexed out and they're so everything that big bulky monster back, it just he has to you got to be able to do more than just run the ball. And Tony Pollard is uh is what I like to call Eric Metcalf type. He can do it all, he can return kicks, he can, and it was so vital to the cowboys because they needed the X Factor. And once their X factor was gone, the Cowboys had nothing. Because then I realized the Cowboys really didn't have receivers. I was like, how were they able to do all this all season with just CeeDee Lamb? You know what I mean? And Gallup was hurt most of the year. And then Dalton Schultz is pretty good as well, too. So, literally, they had to use the tight ends. And so, now I feel like Jerry made some really bad moves uh, in the offseason because he should have figured out a way to ask Amari Cooper just to take a pay cut so they could keep him.
1: That's a big didn't. point, by the way. That's a really big point right, about and the receivers.
2: Right, and it's just, and I can't believe Jerry walked into a season with his receiver core like this. It's just unbelievable, and that's why I say, why are we blaming Dak for every single thing that happened wrong with the Cowboys when you know what's wrong with the Cowboys is sitting right up at the top? It's been the problem for the last 25 years, dude. Jimmy Johnson already explained to us why this is never going to work for the Cowboys. When are they going to get it?
1: you've raised a lot of things. They definitely don't have Alvin Harper and and Michael Irvin. That's for sure. And I think once you have uh, Pollard out of that game, what are you left with, man? So this is a roster construction issue more than anything else. I mean, that's kind of the way I see it. But, hey, this is the Dallas Cowboys Central. This is – uh, you know, a, a quick take on them. Let's go to the other side of the ball, uh, the other team, on the other sideline, which is San Francisco. They're rolling right now. Their defense is playing about as good as as they've played all year long. They've been pretty consistent, and their offense is looking pretty good. Purdy is not as good as people think, in my opinion. He's been a pretty good game manager. but He's had some really, really errant throws. Uh you you know what do you think of the 49ers game
2: look i'm gonna keep it real with you the 49ers are playing like every team that's ever had a great defense okay in the playoffs your quarterback don't have to do nothing but not f it up that's it and purdy is not the next coming of of who are they trying to. he's not the next coming of um steve young he's not the next coming of joe montana He's the next coming of Steve Bono. Steve Bono was a serviceable quarterback. Uh, Mike, I keep trying to tell people this. You know what I mean? He was a great backup. But let's stop with the he's better than Trey Lance, and he's better than Dak, and he's better than this. Because if I throw him on the Jets, we don't get the same results. If I throw him on the Texans, you don't get the same results. When you got the playmakers that the 49ers have, all you got to do is not F it up. And then when you have a defense, we talked about this before, when your defense says "walk with me" and nothing's going to go wrong today, fellas, I just need you to do your job. Let me get a cut. Let me get ten minutes over here on the sideline. Let me get my rest. And when I get back up in here, I'm gonna do it. I'll get the three and out and get y'all right back on the field. But I need y'all to do your part. I need y'all to do your part. And pretty much they have that all locked in. Fred Warner is the face of that team. I don't care what nobody says. He's the face. He's the star of that team. And it's just like it was when they went to the Super Bowl last time. Kaepernick got all the love, but we know Pat Willis was the reason why that team did everything that they did. So I feel like Purdy was not good enough to win that game. I'm sorry. The Cowboys, their defense just stepped up to the plate. And the Cowboys just did not know how to respond the right way. They they looked like a deer. The Cowboys looked like a deer in the headlights. Their coordinator looked like it was the first time he was ever doing something like that. You know what I mean? he I felt like we were dealing with a rookie coordinator and a rookie quarterback on Dallas' side because we've seen them be so much better than what they were. And I think that after they missed that field goal, you say after Pollard, I think after they missed that first extra point, they got in their own head and said, damn, again? because they couldn't even trust the kicker on a fourth and short, and they were like on the 35. The guy can kick. Who cares what happened in the uh, prior game? They won. But when you can get in your head like that, that just shows how bad of a coach you have. But all in all, the game plan for the 49ers to me wasn't a winning game plan. What it was was that their defense stepped it up and made it to where they did win the game. The defense won that game uh literally not by themselves but the defense is two key turnovers especially on uh dallas's side of the ball those were key those were six points right there that they got you take those six points off the board then they only they're only up one but really when you take those six points off the board other things get taken off the board in my opinion you know what i mean mike so the thing is is like this as i said prior the Cowboys did more the Cowboys really lost this game and the 49ers the Cowboys lost this game the 49ers didn't truly win it in my opinion and I know that a lot of people probably won't feel that way but come on you all we all watch the game Sunday when you really look at it throughout most of the game I felt like the Cowboys really outplayed the 49ers as well too. On both sides of the ball, but it just was that their quarterback made mistakes, and the 49ers' quarterback didn't make mistakes. Now, if he throws a few picks on his side, we got a different ball game. It's that well, simple.
1: I think, look, I think the Eagles are going to put up uh, points, uh, even regardless of how good the 49ers' defense is. They're going to put up points. They're rolling right now. They've got playmakers all over the place. You know, they've got really good receivers. You know, Miles Sanders. You know, he has a nose for the end zone. You know, this team is a really good team.
0: Very underrated defense.
1: Point being, I think that the for that Purdy's gonna have to do something he hasn't been asked asked to do. Purdy hasn't been asked to do anything extraordinary up until now. I think he's gonna have to do something extraordinary moving forward. I mean I, I think, think that's, that's the, the bottom you, line.
2: I think you uh, Mike, I have to I totally agree with you. But I say this: I'm gonna go down memory lane real quick. I remember there was a playoff, there was a conference championship game, and the Philadelphia Eagles were a heavy favorite that day. And guess who? And you know which game I'm talking about too. They were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the best defensive team in the NFL at that time, but their offense wasn't great. We all knew their offense wasn't great, but we knew that their defense was good enough. And they had a kind of an easy game the week before that they wanted coming into that game. They absolutely dominated the Eagles in that spot. And Rodney Barber just needed a pick six to be the difference in that game. So I said to myself that the Eagles make, uh, make the same mistakes the Cowboys make by having turnovers on their side of the ball. Then they're gonna lose. They're gonna wind up losing this game. You know what I mean? Because I'm gonna keep it real with you. When you when you when you look at the coaching matchup, Shanahan all day. Serrani didn't even get voted for uh, finalist for coach of the year, and there's a reason why. Because the team is so good. He's coaching Doug Peterson's team literally. And you have like ten guys that played on that Super Bowl team as well too. So he's not going to get any credit as being a great coach. He's he's just a he's a plug in guy that just pressed all the right buttons. He's going to have to show us that he can he can really coach because whooping up on the Giants that was that that was a gimme. But this game you're going to have to really play chess, and I don't know if he's really good at playing chess because when he tried to play chess with Dennis Allen, he got checkmated. And that's, what, and that's what 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 vibe I'm getting on this game, Mike. It's got me feeling like how their matchup was with the Saints. You know what I mean? Where they played against a team that's offense wasn't doing, doing nothing. They didn't have a, a quarterback that could beat you that day, but they had a defense that could beat you that day. And I just really – but I'm with you, though, Mike, because the one thing about the 49ers is their back end uh, is terrible when it comes to the defensive side. It's horrible. They're not that great. That front seven really – covers up that flaw in that defense because once that back end gets exposed that's why uh CD Lamb was able to get that uh 50-yard uh catch on him as well too on a go route. So um knowing how how the Eagles are have better receivers like you just said and knowing that DeVonta Smith is a guy that's ready to really bust out and have a big game this is going to be all hands on deck for that uh 49ers uh secondary. So like, you just like I totally agree. Purdy's going to have to be more than just a great game manager. He's going to have to kind of channel some uh, – he's going to have to channel the great ones here. You know what I mean? Because this is a game where you really get to prove yourself to say that, am I really your starting quarterback? Because if he can win this one, then he probably can sn- sn- cinch in there as their starting quarterback. Even with the uh, whatever re- re- uh, result happens in the Super Bowl, he can be their guy.
1: But, well, do you agree that they're going to have to put up at least 27 points?
2: Yeah. The 49ers, you have to put up at least, I'm not going to say 27. They're going to have to put up at least, I would say, 21, 20, uh, 21 to 24 points. They can roll, roll like that because I really, truly feel that the Eagles are not going to do something where they're going to try to get a big chunk of plays. They're going to try to wear the 49ers out. So that means they're going to use the clock. And I feel the like 49ers are going to do the same exact thing on their side. We're going to take this thing nice
1: and slow, like Usher. But you know, you know what um, I like about the, you know what I like about what the Eagles are doing and the message that they send is that they are going for the killer instinct. You know, right. I, I I like it when a team really really keeps on the gas pedal and just wants to absolutely humiliate you, absolutely decimate you. I think the Eagles have that spirit in them. You know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they got out to a 10 or 17 point lead and then just start pouring it on. And uh, I kind of have a feeling that that's how this game is going to go, believe it or not. I know everybody's expecting a close game. I think a lot of people are are jumping on the 49ers bandwagon. I, I, I see the Eagles winning big, man. I see the Eagles in a blowout. What say you? You know what? I love the Eagles coming into this game, but
2: I have to be realistic in this game as well, too, knowing that the 49ers really have the glow right now because you have to understand, the Eagles did so good to start the year off. What They won their first 10 in a row. They were 10-11-0, and, and and 0. but you have this 49ers team that is coming in here, winners of their last 12, 13 in a row. You know what I mean? Including, uh, not 13, but... Um, what they won nine and then they won two more since they've been in the playoffs so they're riding a really hot hand right now and they're really confident coming into this game so i just don't see them laying down like that because nobody beat up on the 49ers this year not one team just went in there and absolutely just crushed the niners but i get what you're saying uh mike because you when you look at the 49ers in their losses this season, they were bet some bad losses to some teams. And a few of those teams didn't even make the playoffs. You know what I mean? They didn't get beat by a lot, but they were bad losses because they didn't have any offense going in that game. And if the, and if the Eagles can play the same defense that they played against the Giants on Saturday, then it's lights out. You know what I mean? And, and I do agree with you on that, but I don't feel the game's going to be a blowout.
1: I think it comes down to the
2: final possession. And I say the Eagles win the game.
1: I think we're both on the same side. Uh, you're expecting a little bit more of a close matchup th- than I will. I think the stats and history, recent history are probably more on your side than on my side. The NFL isn't so much the blowout league anymore. Remember back at all those Super Bowls when Dallas winning, you know, 55 to 10 and San Francisco's winning 49 to 10 and, Uh, That was a different age of football. Now there's so much parity. You don't see those kind of blocks as much anymore, especially between two good teams. I just think that this is a big assignment for a rookie quarterback on the road. I think that his time in the limelight has to come to an end at this point. I mean, can you imagine if he runs the table? If he wins these next two games and he's unbeaten, to start off his rookie campaign and crowns it off of the Super Bowl, this dude might be crowned the next Brady. He may be crowned Jesus Christ. I don't know. It's just uh, – I, I, I. but I see it ended. I, I don't see that fairy tale concluding in the manner that the 49er fans hope for. I'm with you, Hey, And like I said, Mike, I said that
2: he's due one bad game, and his last game wasn't a bad game. This could be the game. This due. He's due. He's, he's overdue for a bad game, and that's what a lot of people have to understand. <laughs> and that means when I say overdue for a bad game, that's when the defense can't have his back because the defense can't get off the field.
1: That's a great you point. Know? I think they're going to be really, really pressed hard. And I think the Eagles defense is going to force Purdy into some uncomfortable situations too. Let's take our final time out, Pop. We'll come back. We'll uh, give some predictions and also uh, talk about some other big news out in the world of sports. Stay with us, everyone. We will be back right after this.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every
1: Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot, Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network
0: has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
1: pop some quick news and notes that we want to mention. Bob Baffert gets reinstated into the Naira circuit. He's been off for a year uh, for violating, uh, allegedly violating drug tampering policies. Uh, So he's back. Welcome back Bob Baffert. Hopefully he gets back into the Kentucky circuit as well so that we can have a Kentucky Derby featuring the guy who's dominated it over the last two decades. Uh, LeBron and Giannis voted all-star game captains. Frank Reich is the Panthers' choice as the head coach. Uh, Quinn returning to the Cowboys, even though he's interviewed for some head coaching positions. Uh, uh, The Australian Open has U.S. presence uh, for the first time in kind of a while, so that's exciting. But like you said, the people want to talk about the National Football League. So let's get back to the games. And if we've got some time at the end, maybe we can hit on some of those topics. Let's move over to the Chiefs and, and the Bengals. Let's kind of play a game that some of the uh, talking heads on TV do. If the Chiefs are going to win, what has to happen? And if the Bengals are going to win, what has to happen? Well, if it was up to the the people that love love
2: the Chiefs and love Mahomes, all they gotta do is step on the field, right? This is the greatest team since uh, the nineteen seventy two Dolphins, right? You know what I mean? They're not even undefeated, but they're the greatest team that everybody anybody's ever seen. You know they they have no they have no weaknesses, right? Wrong. Their weakness to me is this: being too Mahomes dependent. I think what happens here with the Chiefs is, is that they need to establish a run game because it doesn't matter what Jason McIntyre and all these other people are saying right now, they are not at the Chiefs' practice. They can say he looked great in practice because they got about 30 seconds of a clip, but that, they ain't showing him walk off to the locker room. That man, that man, that was worse than a high ankle sprain, in my opinion. I really do think that he slightly broke his ankle. So they really do need to establish a running game so they can take the pressure off of Mahomes here. In this game right here, their defense is going to have to become the face of the team. They can't rely on uh, uh, Mahomes bailing them out at all in this spot. They really have to go in there and dominate Joe, Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? So that's what how I see it, Mike. On the Chiefs
1: side. And on the Bengals, what would they – what has to happen in order for, we to, for us to see headline on Monday morning, Bengals are Super Bowl bound?
2: All the Bengals got to do is go in there. And as the late, great Roger Mayweather uh, used to say, just keep doing what you're doing. That's all. Just keep doing what you're doing. Defense is playing out of their minds right now and Joe Burrow is the example if the as i said before is if the scouts got it right 20 years ago when they were uh scouting out Brady because if you're going to say anybody's like Brady in a sense we're seeing it right now with number 9 cuz that guy goes in there cool as a fan he might be even cooler than Brady when it comes to really being able to do his thing you know what i mean that man knows how to to really put things together he puts the ball he puts the ball on the money literally every play it's nothing super fancy or anything like that but it's like the guy was born to play the quarterback position and i feel like a lot of i feel like when it comes down to it the reason why he keeps being, beating mahomes is because he's better at the quarterbacking part than he is at being the big skills guy and the big show off and things like that. He's just a he just plays the game of, he plays the quarterback position to to the definition of the quarterback position, and that's why he's so that's why he's successful right now, and that's why their team is successful right now. And I really feel like the Bengals are gonna be the toughest test all year for the Chiefs going into this game.
1: Am I still here, you, know, Bob, you left me speechless, man. No, uh, look, you you raised some really good points, particularly about Burrow. I'm going to take you back a little bit to the 2020 draft. And I remember, you know, because when I was a kid, I was really, really big Dolphins. So I was talking to my cousin and I was like, the Dolphins really should, they had the draft capital. Remember, they traded Laramie Tunsil, and they they had some first-round picks. They had the draft capital to do whatever they wanted to do. And I was like, they need to move up and get Joe Burrow. But they were dead set on Tua for whatever reason. Let's not forget that those two guys came out of the same draft. You could have had either one for any of those teams in the top five that had the draft capital. The Bengals would have budged. Well, I don't know that, but I would suspect that they would have budged for two number ones because now they could get a defensive player and Tua will take that. I guess the point is you only find a generational quarterback every once in a while. And you go back to Brady. I I think this guy in terms of playing style and size and skill set reminds me of Dan Marino. The pocket presence that Joe Burrow has reminds me a lot of Dan Marino. And when you think about, let's just see those three quarterbacks. You mentioned Brady, I'll mention Marino, and we're talking about Burrow. None of those guys are like fast dudes at all. It's a non-existent part of their game. They're dropback throwers of the ball. They're quarterbacks, Right. They're more like a like a pitcher than they are a track star. And I still think that that's the winning formula. How many running quarterbacks win, actually end up winning the Super Bowl, man? You know, you could go to, like, Matthew Stafford and keep going down the list and, you know, Brady, obviously, a bunch of times. I'm not seeing a lot of rushing quarterbacks. Who was the last one? I guess if you consider Mahomes a rushing quarterback, he's a pretty good blend, I would say, because I think he's a really good passer. And he was a really good passer in college. He's a really good passer in NFL. I still consider him a dropback passer that has the ability to run the ball. But overall, if running the ball is a key component of your game, you know, um, I guess Jalen Hurts might prove me wrong in in that sense, because I think that they are going to advance and go to the Super Bowl. But I don't know, man. I, I still think that the classic dropback quarterback, the Joe Burrows, they're the guys that have longevity. They can lose a step, and it doesn't affect their game. Any of these rushing quarterbacks, they lose a step, and that's inevitable, isn't it, Pop? I mean, you're getting hit on every freaking rushing play, you know? That's why they're making them slide a lot more and go out of bounds and stuff, but quarterback inevitably he has the ball on every play. He's going to get banged up. Um, I, I just think that Joe Burrow is a really, really special player. He's a guy that we're going to be hearing about for the next 10 to 12 years in the same way that we heard about uh, Aaron Rodgers or, or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, guys that are year in, year out, discussed as being an absolute Super Bowl threat regardless of Of the weapons that they have around them because they elevate everybody else that's my quick take on burrow i i still think that the kansas city chiefs win this game i don't think it's going to be a blowout like i said philadelphia is going to do to san francisco i think this one is going to be a close game i think it's going to come down to maybe who has the ball last might be one of those kind of games you know i think it's a field goal game potentially i'm going to go ahead and make the prediction right now i'm gonna take kansas city to win 31 to 27 and i'm gonna go ahead and take philadelphia to win 37 to, to 17 those are my two picks you got any picks for us as we hit the road here
2: uh yeah i'm gonna go ahead and i'm a. uh I'm gonna agree with you on this Eagles situation. It's a two and a half. So I'll take the Eagles money line at minus one forty and then uh one forty five actually. And then I'll go ahead and I'll take the money line on the Bengals as well, too. Cause I, I I think the Bengals wind up winning this game simply because they just got they just are the boogeyman for the Chiefs. And I feel like the Chiefs just, you know, they feel so entitled to the Super Bowl, it's not gonna happen. So I just truly feel like the hottest team in the AFC will be the winner of this game. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals. So, you the fans are being Cincinnati filled
1: up, I would not at all be surprised.
2: It, it, it'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Even though it would be probably one of the more uglier, it probably will be one of the most, uh, I would say this. I think we might see the most fist fights ever at a Super Bowl week with those two. uh, Fan bases because you got the nice Cincinnati people, but then you got the those really rude Philadelphia people, and you know people from Ohio will fight you. So you know how it
1: goes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely, man. <laughs> they kind of are, are, are rough in their own uh, in their own way. Uh, really quickly, what do you think? You know, sometimes you're like, oh, you know, the MLB wants the Dodgers and the Yankees to be in there. What does the NFL want? Or at this point. Does it really matter? I mean, do they want like coast to coast, San Francisco and Philadelphia? Do they want it to be more of like that midwestern feel? What do you What are you thinking? You know, since you know Cincinnati and, and and the Bengals are kind of middle America, so we already know one team is going to come out of there. Do you think there's a matchup that the NFL wants, or does it really matter? If the matchup. I'm going to truly be honest with you,
2: Mike. The matchup that the NFL wants is. The part two of San, San Francisco and Kansas City. That was a nice little, um, you know, that was a good TV uh, game, you know, for Fox, all that stuff. I was a part of the media week for that. There was a lot of hype involved in that. But if I'll keep, but this is wh- wh- how I feel. They've already won. Their Super Bowl is between Mahomes and Burrow. As long as they get one of those two in the uh, Super Bowl, they're fine. You know what I mean? Uh, they're going to really get their home. wish. They're going to get their wish. But I think that they, will, they would love to see Kansas City versus San Francisco, but they can settle for Kansas City and Philadelphia. They really don't want the Bengals here. The Bengals market is not big enough. You know what I mean? Kansas City doesn't have a big market either, but when you compare both of those cities, Kansas City is feels like the bigger
1: market. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that uh, regardless of what happens, we're going to have a good Super and that's that's the good news about it. And the interesting thing about it is this also: uh, it's been a while uh, since we've had this. But all four teams have been in the been in a Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl or at least participated in the Super Bowl in the last you know three, four, five years. How about that? Yep. Yeah, you did. The final four all you know Philadelphia obviously won it a few years back. You know, Kansas City won it. The Bengals were in it last year. San Francisco uh, has been in it multiple times in the 2010s, uh, and and uh, last year even got to the NFC Championship game. Uh, so we've got four teams. There's going to be some kind of history made, regardless of what matchup it is. You know, like you said, San Francisco, kids City, that'd be pretty cool rematch. San Francisco and Cincinnati have met up in the in the finals multiple times. Uh, that'd be the first yeah sure. so I mean, either I way you. i think we're, we're gonna, yeah Go ahead. well here's the thing pop unfortunately we're out of time buddy but oh no. we gave our predictions we're going to come back next week and see if we're going to be eating crow or if we're going to be gloating real high uh either way i'm looking forward to it pop as always thank you so much for uh joining me thank you to all the listeners thank you to voice america and josh and company we will and most importantly thank you to the listeners and we will see you guys all same time same place next week enjoy your sports weekend everyone